Good morning. Scripture reading is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. We are in the season of Lent, and during this season we are talking about, uh, our series is called I Give Up. We might think of those things that maybe you have chosen to give up in this season or in seasons past. It's kind of like a, kind of like a restart of New Year's Day, right? It's like it didn't take the first time when I tried to give up junk food or sweets, so at least Lent is another opportunity. So sometimes we can treat it like that. We're putting a little bit of a different twist on it. We're talking about giving up things that might have an adverse impact on our relationship with God, our relationship with others, our walk of faith. And so today we talk about I give up being so negative. The coronavirus news is everywhere. We hear about that. We hear about the numbers each and every day. There's not a vaccine yet, which is kind of what makes it so dangerous because uh, we can't quite guard against it except for the ways that we're hearing about. Negativity kind of has some of that same effect, and if only there were a vaccine for that. Let's take a look at this cartoon, in case you can't uh, read it. We have a guy going to the doctor's office. He says, can you vaccinate me against negativity? Everybody I work with seems to have the disease, and I'm afraid to catch it. People like to complain, don't they? Maybe, uh, maybe you know folks that just have a tendency towards complaining, or maybe you yourself have, if you've done a little self-reflection, like, yeah, I complain maybe a little bit more than I need to. Even uh, religious folks can complain. There was a monk that took a vow of silence. He uh, did, couldn't speak a word. And after 10 years went by, his superior called him in. He said, uh, you can break your vow of silence in two words or less. Do you want to say anything? He said, food bad. Went back to his vow of silence. Another 10 years go by. His superior calls him in. All right, anything to say? Two words or less? Bed hard. Goes back to his vow of silence. Another 10 years go by. Finally, his superior calls him in. All right, you got two words. Anything to say? I quit. The supervisor said, I'm not surprised you've done nothing but complain since you've been here. 
A utilities company received a call from a customer, get this, complaining about the exceptionally high quality of customer service that they had received. It was suggested by this customer that less money be spent on staff training and the savings be applied to lowering their utility bill. You can't win. A guy went to the doctor and he said, Doctor, said I, when I touch my head, it hurts. When I touch my chest, it hurts. When I ch- touch my stomach, it hurts. Doctor, what's wrong with me? The doctor looked at him and he said, you have a broken finger. My family and I have a tradition of going to the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota. We haven't been for a number of years now, and I'm itching to get back. But this is, this is a picture of uh, my wife and I and our two boys from 2006, 14 years ago. So just to give a little perspective, my oldest son, who is there 10, is now married and in his second year of teaching. And my youngest son is in his second year of college and just turned 20 yesterday. So this is a few years ago, but they were 10 and 6 at the time, and I look forward to this, uh, just the the four of us uh, going together on this trip and uh, sharing this this wonderful experience that has been a part of my life growing up with them. But my wife and I just, when we started, we set one ground rule. We said no complaining. No complaining, that's it. That's the only rule. Well, it just so happened that this picture on the day this was taken and on the day we entered into the Boundary Waters, it rained all day long. It rained. It didn't pour. It didn't come in spurts. It was just kind of that slow, steady, permeating drizzle that's just everywhere that you just can't get away from and then you become wet and your clothes are wet and everything is wet and it's cold and it's windy and it's miserable and we paddled all day long we paddled from one lake to another to another and then you you have to portage which means you carry your stuff from one lake to another and the kids were troopers they were doing great and they were doing their share carrying stuff across the portages and paddling along and we were looking for a spot and it was getting late and it was starting to get dark and we were hungry and we were tired Finally, we found a site that was open at the far end of the last lake. As we got our stuff unpacked, we began to kind of shed our our wet clothes, try to get into dry clothes, and my youngest son, Andrew, took off his shoes, and he had horrible blisters from his shoes from where they were wet and where we had been walking back and forth carrying stuff across these portages. We looked at him and we said, Andrew, why didn't you tell us about your blisters? He said, well, you guys said no complaining. Today's message is I give up being so negative. And yes, negativity can 
often perpetuate itself. And it, like a snowball, just gains momentum and you get into that, that cycle or, or, or communities can get into that cycle of being negative. But this isn't a yay, rah, let's be positive all the time message either. And I want you to hear that. Because there are times when we need to make our complaints known. There are times when we need to advocate for ourselves or others. There are times when we need to speak up or speak out. And that's not what is meant here by giving up being negative. But it's how do we get out of that place where we just tend to, to cycle and to fixate on things rather than, uh, rather than try to do something about them or change the situation. So today's message, I give up being so negative. Well, Paul has a great passage there in the book of Philippians. And I want to draw some things out of that as well as out of an Old Testament story as we talk about ways to give up being so negative. The first is, as Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, when we talk about joy, we must draw a distinction between joy as a feeling, what we might call happiness, and joy as an underlying characteristic. Joy as a feeling, is a fleeting sensation in response to circumstances that we find ourselves in. However, joy as a habitual attitude is a way of seeing, a way of interacting with the world, a way of looking at the things of our life. A friend of mine is a pastor in the St. Louis area, and a few years back he had a member, a very faithful member, Wonderful uh, man of faith who exhibited such a strong trust in God and a joy that came from that. But this member was diagnosed with a terminal illness and very quickly went downhill and went into the hospital and was in his last days. So my friend went up to see him and he prepared himself for seeing this man in a, a different state of being knowing that he was nearing the end. But my friend was amazed that even though his physical stature was, was one that was diminishing, his faith and his attitude was one that exhibited joy, even on his deathbed. Even in that place of such a dire circumstance. My friend reflected on this in his conversation with him. That it wasn't that he was fooling himself. He knew full well what his situation was. But he knew full well who had him. In whose hands he was being cared for. And that trust in God allowed him to exhibit a joy that superseded his circumstances. This is the always part of rejoice in the Lord, always. 
no matter the outward circumstances, when we have an attitude of joy that is based in a hope-filled relationship with our Creator, we are able to rejoice at all times and in all circumstances. Second way uh, that I want to talk about this morning is a way to give up negativity. Paul talks about giving thanks. Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Be thankful. Make your requests known to God. I found a person who was reflecting on this passage, wrote a reflection where they listed out things that they were thankful for. But they looked at these things in a little different way. This is called, I am thankful. I am thankful for the teenager who's not doing the dishes and is watching TV because that means he is at home and he's not out on the streets. I'm thankful for the taxes I pay because it means I'm employed. I'm thankful for the mess to clean up after the party because it means I have been surrounded by friends. I'm thankful for the clothes that fit a little too snugly these days because it means I have enough to eat. I'm thankful for a lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing because it means I have a home. I'm thankful for all the complaining I hear about the government because it means we have freedom of speech. I'm thankful for the parking spot I find at the far end of the lot because it means that I have the ability to walk and I have transportation in the first place. I'm thankful for the pile of laundry and ironing because it means that I have clothes to wear. I am thankful for the alarm that goes off in the early morning hours, even on the day of a time change, because it means I am alive. Sometimes it's just the way that we look at things in our lives. The circumstances that we find ourselves in. And looking at it just a little differently. To find the things not to complain about, not to be negative about, but to give thanks for. At all times and in all places with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Third way to give up negativity, switch gears. How many of you know how to drive stick shift? All right, good for you guys. How many of you grew up on a farm or you know, with a tractor or something like that? Okay. Not a lot of cars, it seems like, anymore that, that are stick shift, but it's kind of fun to drive. I learned when I was a teenager, well, I kind of learned, I tried uh, when I was a teenager to drive stick shift, but then that was about it. And it wouldn't be until decades later that I would have the opportunity once again. Eleven years ago, my family and I were in Italy, in Rome, and we had 
used public transportation and walked around Rome because you don't want to have a car in Rome. There's not, it's impossible to find a parking spot. And as uh, Rick Steves describes it, the, the spaghetti streets of Rome. It's like somebody took a bowl of spaghetti, spilled it, and then they drew a map. And that's the roads. So it just goes every which way. But towards the end of our time there in Rome, I needed to rent a car. We were going to be driving to the north of Italy. Not something you would probably do right now. But we, uh, I, the, the place to rent the car was on the other side of the city. So I had to take public transportation there, took the subway. I got pickpocketed on the way, not successful. I finally got to the place where uh, the rental car was, and I had requested something other than a Fiat because we had bags from like two months of traveling, four of us. We needed some space. So I'd requested a little bit bigger car. They didn't have it. And they said, well, let's just have a seat. We'll see what we can do for you. Then the guy motions. He's just like a little motion like this. And then he's whispering so that I think nobody else could hear. He said, I got something for you. I think you're going to like it. Guy's pulling it around right now. Out in the street, in the middle of the street, cars driving around it, is a running brand new BMW convertible with less than a thousand miles. He hands me the keys. I get in, sit down. He's showing me some things. And I look down and I see, oh my heavens, it's stick shift. And I said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. But I didn't want to admit that I hadn't driven stick shift or that I was terrified out of my mind. And so I just let the guy finish telling me the things, sign the paper, and he walked away. The car is running in the street. I have to leave. I send Lori a quick message just to let her know I'm on my way. But if I don't get there, just call the nearest hospital. And... I, I, I remind myself, I'd say a little prayer, I remind myself, okay, I've got to push down the clutch. As I push down the clutch, I stick it into first, and I put a, lift it up on the clutch a little too fast, and you know what happens when you do that? Killed it. The guy's still standing right there. I was too embarrassed to even look up. I thought, okay, I, I got to do this. I started again, put the clutch down, eased up on it this time, pressed forward on the gas. I started to go. I'm thinking, all right. I went about 100 feet, killed it. In the middle of a busy intersection at rush hour in Rome, I thought, well, Either I can drive like I feel, which is terrified, or when in Rome, I can drive like an Italian at rush hour. So I decided I just got to suck it up. I got to do this. I put down the clutch, popped it into first, eased up, pressed down on the gas, we're moving along, pushed down on the clutch, dropped it into second cruising along, I'm picking up speed, I'm going along, 
now drop down the clutch into third. I'm cruising along now. And there's cars and buses and mopeds and motorcycles and taxis whipping by me and around me and creating lanes. And it's insane. And I have the map, but I have no way to look at it. And there's no GPS. And I just knew it's that way. A little bit, maybe 20 minutes. And I looked at where the sun was and where the shadows were, and I just kind of went with it, and i driving around the spaghetti streets of Rome, boom, 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 boom. 20 minutes later, I pulled up in front of our place. And then I couldn't find a parking spot for over an hour. But man, was it exhilarating. Sometimes when we experience negativity in our life, it might be a clue to the need to switch gears, to change something. Maybe it's a little thing. Maybe it's a, an environmental thing in our life. Maybe it's, it's who we find ourselves around. Maybe it's a bigger thing. Maybe we need to think about a life change, job change, a, a move. That can be scary. Maybe it's something within us that we need to look at and identify, something that we need to change. But that negativity can be there as a clue to us, a hint that maybe we need to switch gears. Fourth, it's a way to give up being so negative is celebrate, throw a party. In the Old Testament book of Nehemiah, we hear about the Israelites returning from captivity in Babylon. And Nehemiah was their governor. Ezra, the priest, was reading God's law to them. And the people were weeping because they realized how far they had strayed from God. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 and 10, it says this, Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. Then Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Sometimes celebrating God's goodness can be one of the most effective ways to turn our attention from ourselves, from our problems, from our worries, from our negativity, and to the life-giving goodness and power of God. Finally, focus on the good. Paul writes, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. When we occupy our minds with the good things that come from God, 
we leave less and less room for the things that are not from God. Paul concludes, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, sometimes in our lives we can become overwhelmed, we can focus only on the bad, we can only focus sometimes on the things that are going wrong and we can get into a negative spiral in our lives. Lord, when we are in that place, pull us out of ourselves. Help us to look around us. Help us to, to look to you and, and to trust in you. To have the joy that you want for us. A joy that is independent of circumstances. A joy that is found in our faith and trust in you. Lord, help us to celebrate your goodness. And help us to dwell and think about what is good and right and noble and praiseworthy. Help us to give up being so negative and to experience your peace. We pray in your name. Amen.